have to learn the difference in your life between those you coach and those who are companions. Slipping into darkness when we deviate from God's plan into the world's plan. Part one, relationships, coach versus companion. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. And today I begin a new series. It's been a lot of individual messages And I believe I told you months ago that God had spoken. You're going to do a lot of single messages before you begin another series. But three weeks ago, you got three more individual messages and then this series begin. And the title of the series is a little strange. It's called Slipping into Darkness when we deviate from God's plan into the world's plan. And there are basically seven areas that we slip into darkness on. And and I know we like to hear positive messages. I like to hear positive messages myself. I don't like to hear any negative prophecies. I don't like to watch the news because there's just too much bad news. But all of us at times slip. We fall, we trip, we stumble, we go up and down. I don't know anyone who is 100% all of the time consistent. We slip into darkness. And today, the first of these messages, slipping into darkness, relationships, coach versus Companion. And as I was driving here today, God changed the whole message. He said, I just want you to focus on one thing with them coach versus companion. So all of the notes that I had, I can't use. All of the messages that I had pre prepared, all of the stories that I had outlined. They don't fit into what God told me to talk to you about because he told me to talk to you about one thing. Coach versus companion. And as we go through life, we will have relationships. And and so many of you, you've heard a lot of messages on relationship. You've read books. You've watched television shows. You've seen a whole bunch on relationships. We understand the vital importance of human relationships just among humans. And and there's the relationship between us and God. But what God wanted me to deal with primarily today, and, and I've learned God will send a message, and it's just for this one person, this one person where that particular message is a pivotal point in their life, and it changes their direction. Coach versus companion. So I want you to understand there are kind of two categories of your relationships. You will either be in a coaching relationship or you will either be in a companion 
relationship, even my social media presence is Coach Bronner. And a lot of people will follow or comment. And I have people I go places and they'll say, Coach Bronner, you know, I vicariously live through you. I go to places that you go because I follow you on social media. And one of say, I followed you as you walk through Spain with your son. And I, folks, I don't even know, never seen him before. I followed you as you drove Route 66. I live through your experiences and I am able to coach them. I am able to teach them some of the principles of life. I have a coaching relationship but I do not have a companion relationship with them. There is a difference. And in your life, you will have some relationships that are coaching, and these usually will be the majority of your relationships, where you mentor, where you teach, where you train, where you advise. They are distant relationships, but there is another category of relationships that is a companion relationship. And I can coach some of anybody, but I don't want to be companions with but just a few. Because the difference with a coaching relationship, you can go into prison and coach. And you can have a whole sea of folk locked up in jail and you can teach and you can train and you can elevate them. You can help them feel better. You can help them do better. So you can go into prison and you can have a whole lot of folk that you are coaching, but you can't get a whole lot of companions out of prison. And you have to learn the difference in your life between those you coach and those who are companions. And there is a big fundamental primary difference. With a coaching relationship, you will generally lift those you coach. With a companion relationship, you will generally equalize with those who you are companions with. Big difference. With those you coach, you will generally lift those who you coach. With a companion relationship, you will equalize with those who are companions. Let me kind of explain what that means. You can walk out on the street and you can find somebody down and out in the gutter and you can go and help them. You can tell them some things. You can give them some things. You can help lift them up. And by helping them, it actually does help your spirit become not as focused on you and your stuff. It helps your spirit. But to be honest, it doesn't change your circumstance. Because it is a distant relationship. It is a coaching relationship. A coaching relationship helps you to lift others. But a companion relationship equalizes. And what I mean by equalize, whoever you are close with, they are pulling you wherever they are. And you are pulling them wherever you are. It equalizes. When you're coaching, you're primarily pulling them closer to where you are. But when you are a companion, you all are pulling each other. 
And that is why God wants you to understand clearly relationships that are to be coaching relationships and relationships that are to be companion relationships. It's why I can influence thousands as Coach Bronner as I travel, but I'm only going to travel with just a few folk. And you have to be careful who you travel through life with. You have to be careful who you associate. You have to be careful who you spend quality time with because you will start to be just like they are in every area of their life. It equalizes. I don't care what that area is. If you travel with somebody and they just like and love jelly beans. They love jelly beans. Doesn't matter whether they're red jelly beans, blue jelly beans, green jelly beans, or brown jelly beans. No matter what color jelly beans. And if you travel with them and they're eating jelly beans all day, all night, when you get to the airport, they're eating jelly beans. When you get your taxi or your rental car, they're eating jelly beans. When you get to where you're going to stay, they're eating jelly beans. If you go out on an excursion, they're eating jelly beans. Now, you may have never eaten a jelly bean in your life. Never wanted to eat a jelly bean in your life. But if you are around someone eating jelly beans all of the time, there won't be long before you find yourself munching on a jelly bean. There is a power of equalization with companions. And you have to be careful who you allow as a companion and who you have as a coaching relationship. I've read so many books, and all of the books talk about your five closest associates that you become in the areas of finance, it affects your money. If you are around people, and you can hear how people just talk about money, it makes a difference. If you are around broke folk, there's a spirit and a mentality that will take you to being broke. There's no two ways about it. You become the aggregate of your five closest associates. If you are around people who are filled with Christ and they're talking about Jesus and they're talking about the Holy Spirit, there's something about you just can't help. Sooner or later, you're talking about Jesus. It gets on you. If you are around somebody who doesn't believe, I don't care how nice they are, if you constantly surround yourself with a person who doubts and who questions and who denigrates God and Jesus, sooner or later you'll find yourself doubt and lack of faith will start creeping into your spirit. Whoever you are companions with, you equalize with that person. Water 
seeks its level. It's a principle of Newtonian physics. Water will seek its level. If you got water at two different levels, sooner or later, if there is any type of porosity or barrier that will allow a seep between the two levels, the levels will eventually move to the point where the levels are equalized. And we're 70% to 80% water. Whoever you allow as your companion, you will become more like them and they will become more like you. So you have to ask yourself, who is your BFF? Who is your Ace Boon Coon? Who do you spend quality time with? And when you ask yourself, who do I spend quality time with? The next question you need to ask, do I want to be more or less like them. And it's not really a question of do you want to, because you will. It's a law of physics. You will. Do you know you start to even smell like who you are around? Yeah. If you're around someone smelling like peppermint, guess what you're going to start smelling like? If you are around somebody stinking, full of smoke, guess what you're going to start smelling like? There is a natural osmosis of natural, just as there is a natural osmosis of the psychological and the spiritual. Whoever you are around, you are going to become equalized with them. So who do you have a coaching relationship with and who do you have a companion relationship? Do you want to look like them? Because you're going to start looking like them. There's just no two ways about it. You're going to start looking just like they look. If you're around somebody and they're just in real good shape, they ripped all up, sooner or later you're going to keep looking at them. What you doing? And when you start seeing what, first of all, they're going to get up every morning, they're going to be out exercising. Sooner or later, so if you're with them, they're going to just kind of drag you, even if you don't want to go. Because they're going to be leaving you every day. Sooner or later, you're going to say, well, let me go on out here. Let me just, look, now, I can't run with you, but I'm going to just walk a little bit. And then they're going to be running fast. So you got to pep up just a little bit. But if you got somebody, and they just, all they're doing is just flipping the remote. Even if you out running, when you leave, they're flipping the remote. When you come back, all sweaty, they're still flipping the remote. Sooner or later, after about a few days or a few weeks of that, you're going to say, I'm tired. Let me just see what they're watching. You will equalize with whomever you allow as your companion. And that's the prime message God wanted me to bring to you upon this day. Slipping into darkness begins with who we surround ourselves with. And I don't care how nice the person is. We get things confused with niceness. Are they nice? But are they where you want to go? A pastor, that's just elitist thinking. That's not fair. You ought to love everybody. Love everybody, but only sleep with who you want to. You understand that? That's a difference. Love everybody, but only sleep with who you want to reproduce with. So you begin to segment and filter who you are around because you will take on all of the characteristics of who you start to spend a whole lot of quality time with. And it's why God has often told me, and sometimes I didn't see it until later, 
scholars that come out from around them, do not allow them into your inner circle. Jesus didn't allow a whole lot of folk in his inner circle. Now, he coached everybody, but he only had three in his inner circle and only one that he really loved. So Jesus was like that. He didn't just let everybody go everywhere with him. No, Jesus had a wide coaching reach. He had 70 on his outer circle. He had 12 on his inner circle and he had three on his inner inner circle and he had one on his really, really, really inner circle. Jesus was highly selective about who he allowed as his companion. He coached everyone, but was only companion to a small sliver because Jesus understood the law. And he understood the law of association. You will start to look like, act like, smell like, think like, spin like whoever you are around. And it makes a difference. We have a good friend of mine that I went to college with, and he is very smart, very accomplished. He's got more money that he has earned than anyone I know. Multimillionaire. But he just tight with money. He tight with money got all these millions, but he just be tight with money. I remember we went on a trip and we went to breakfast. He had cut out some Denny's coupons for us to eat breakfast and save $2. But we equalize each other because I'm trying to get him to spend more and he's trying to get me to tighten up. He doesn't even have to try to get me to tighten up. I just watch him and you can't help it when you're watching him. So I try to get him to loosen up and spend more by just watching him. It makes me tighter. We equalize and you become whatever you are around and whoever you allow into your inner circle. And some of you right now got folk you are companion with. You ought to be coaching and you ought to just move away because this is the other principle about coaching. Most folk don't listen Jesus couldn't save most folk. God couldn't save most folk. Jesus couldn't even keep most of his 70 disciples. Most folk don't listen. So you spend all your time, all your energy trying to do all this coaching, trying to give all this wisdom, trying to set all this example, trying to give all this advice. Most folk don't listen. So you need to be careful of who you coach but even far more careful of who is your companion because that's going to make the big difference in life. You can coach a whole world, but you need to understand so that you don't get depressed. Most folk don't listen. I did so much for him. Now, most folk not going to listen. That's another one of those 80-20 rule. 80% of the folk, they just not going to listen. You're only going to have 20% of the folk who are going to listen, who are going to follow 80% not. And you don't know which is which. So you got to be just as effective and give it all and you have to sow the seed. You can't determine the soil. And you don't know what the soil is. Because some of the very people you think won't listen will. And some of the very people you think will listen won't. So you just do your job to coach. But you need to be very, very selective on who your companion is. Because you will equalize with whoever you spend a great deal of time with. So I want you to just pause for just a minute. I want you to think about who are the three folk 
I am around the most. All of the books really say it's a matter of five. Some of those five are choices that you don't have to make. Because if you're younger, it's going to be your parents. If you're married, it's going to be your spouse. And those are decisions. You can't decide on who your parents are, but they make a massive difference in how you turn out. You can decide on who your spouse is, but if you already got them, So I want you to think about your three closest associates. And I want you to ask yourself the question, which direction are they taking me based on where I want my life to go? And by asking yourself that question, you need to have an idea of where you want to go. And then you need to have an idea of where they are and where they're headed. And if they're not headed, and if they're not where you know God has destined you to be, you need to shift them from the companion to the coach category. And there are some people and there are some relationships, some of you listening to me right now need to change. And there are some relationships you need to forge. Because see, sometimes the very folk we need to be around are the very folk, they're not a whole lot of fun. All the folk that's fun, usually not taking you to where you need to go. Oh, they just, man, that guy's a cut the food. <laughs> he cut the food. He gets a lot of fun to be around. Every time we ride him, man, we just have a good time. Woo, we just get all slapped drunk. That rascal cut the food. And they're a lot of fun to be around. But you look at yourself 10 years later. And being around the food has you all messed up in every single area of your life because you equalized with the food. Now, the wise person, the person who's going, they're not a whole lot of fun. Sometimes they look like they're serious. They're always talking about this, always talking about this, always studying, always out doing, always talking about going to church. I don't know. They just ain't no fun. But where they're going to be in 10 years is where you need to be. And where you will end up will depend upon who you allow into your life as that companion. Makes a world of difference. And so you need to look at your companions. Are they going where I want to go? Or are they where I want to be? And if the answer to either one of those is no, you need to seriously think about changing who you associate with. And you sometimes need to just pray and just ask God, Lord, should I maintain this relationship? And sometimes, sometimes we got to break away from blood because some of your blood is not good. That's just all it is to it. Sometimes some of your relatives just a mess and they will take you to places. I look back on my parents' wisdom and I had a cousin who I was just super close with and I was in college and his mother died and my mother didn't even tell me. And the fella got mad. My cousin got mad and it was years later. My mother told me, she said, yes, son, I knew. I didn't tell you about that because I didn't want you to come home. I didn't want you to come home because the influence wasn't good. And that's why I didn't tell you. Mama knew. And my cousin died about 20 years ago of AIDS. 
Mama could see where he was going. And mama said, I don't want my son going. So I'm not even telling. And see, it was a relationship initially born of blood. Some of y'all got relationships born of blood, but they're not good. They're bad blood. And you all know I'm telling the truth. It's bad blood. And that's why God told Abraham he was a father of faith. He was a father of a nation. But God told Abraham, get away from this land and all your kinfolk. Go. And the Bible says, and Abraham left and took Lot with him. God told Abraham, get away from all your kinfolk. And he took Lot with him. And Lot was the very one he had an issue with. Sometimes God will tell you even get away from blood because he knows you cannot get to the destiny I have ordained for you unless you break this. This needs to be coach, not companion. And you got to understand the difference between those. Sometimes your destiny is hindered or helped just by who is by your side. And you got to make a difference because, you know, the Bible says, how can two walk together and they're not in agreement? Sometimes you're trying to do something and they're not in agreement with who you got. I got all this stuff. And there are some things I won't even talk with people about because I know the direction they're going. I said, I'm not even going to waste my time with that foolishness. I'm not even going to waste my time with it because you know the direction they're going with. And you get in there and get all wrapped up. Sometimes, you know, folk, if they're not going in the right direction, get away from them. And then you say, you can't argue foolishness out of folk. You can't debate dumbness. You got to just separate yourself. Ain't no need of you trying to figure out. You can't convince somebody about God. You just can't, especially when their mind's made up. You get away from that and you get your own work. You get yourself straight. You can coach them from a distance, but don't try to do it as a companion. You do it as a coach, not as a companion. So you've got to understand, and this is what God just wanted me to deal with you on today. Coach versus companion. Who are you allowing to be the companion in your life. And will this person take you where you need to go? And if not, you need to make some changes. And some of you are saying, well, pastor, who do I get? First of all, you can't put something in a spot that's already occupied. So you're going to, first of all, have to clean out some stuff before you can get the right stuff in there. And if you know it's not right, go ahead and clean it out. Well, if I do that, I'll be all by myself. The right one can't come if the wrong one is there. Do you understand that very simple principle? And some of us who say, well, I don't want to take a chance on losing this one because the right one can't come unless the wrong one is removed. Now, you do need to make sure it ain't you. And that's sometimes a big error that we make. You do need to make sure it's not you. Because sometimes it be you. It's not them. It's you. So you have to be real clear just about some things with this relationship. Because relationship is one of the biggest things that will take us into darkness. It's when we're hooked up in the wrong relationship. Coach or companion. Even within our own blood, even within our own family, you've got to understand everybody is not meant to be a companion 
And you have to be really selective. If you have a destiny that is divinely ordained, you have to have people with you who God has ordained to be with you to take you where you are supposed to go. Stop for 10 seconds and just go through your three closest companions and ask yourself, is this who God has ordained for me to be with at this time? Wow, I could just see in the spirit. It was like red lights exploding with just the words no. Some of you all heard it so clear. You knew so. It wasn't a loud voice, but it was a knowledge that was crystal clear. I could just see these no's just popping up. So the three people who you were thinking about, it was just no, no, no. So God showed it to some of you. Now, what you do with that knowledge, that's up to you. What you do with that knowledge. God had told me to break away from some folk years ago. It took me a while because sometimes you're so used to them. But you know they're not your destiny. And the longer you hang, the more likely you hang. Let me, let me repeat that. You know they're not for you. The longer you hang, the more likely you hang. If you felt a no when you thought about one or more of those three closest people and you felt God breathe and whisper or shout and many of you he shouted no then as of this day you need to make a change and you need to change that companion because who you are attached to it's almost like being handcuffed if you handcuff to somebody and they fall down a hill you rolling down the same hill. You will equalize with whoever you are companions with. For those of you who are watching or listening electronically, I hope that you took the same 10 seconds. And if you didn't take the same 10 seconds, I want you to take those 10 now. And the minute this message ends, bow your head and ask God as you visualize the three companions and ask God and sometimes you don't even have to ask God you already know but if it comes back as a no you need to make a change in association you need to make a change in companions you need to make a change in the time that you spend with these people and you need to move to something and to someone who is going to take you to the destiny where you need to go I thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word because brother you need the word. Amen. I'm going to ask Pastor James to close us out for today. Amen. We thank Pastor for listening and just being sensitive to the voice of the Lord. And even how he talked about his travels and how God had him, you know, to cut off people. And he talked about your five closest companions and your three inner circle and the one who can influence you the most positive is actually God. He's the best companion that you can have. And even with the pastor's travels, God instructed him that 80% of his travels, he basically said, I want you to just go with me, just me and you. 
And he wanted to draw him closer. And, and as he's done that, he's just seen his peace and his joy. Just the glow that he has around him. Just go to another level. There's nobody. There's no companion. No brother. No friend that can do you like Jesus. So even if you don't have a lot of good companions that you can think about, that you can talk to, that you can travel with, there's nobody like Jesus. And he wants to sup with you as you sup with him, and he'll change your life in ways that you can't even imagine on your own. And even we just left off a trip with Pastor and see Elijah and one of Pastor's friends and we were at a restaurant the last day, and the waitress asked if we wanted dessert, and everybody said, no, everybody was full. And, and I asked, you know, what do you have? And they said, well, we got this death by chocolate. It's got brownie and ice cream and chocolate syrup on that. And then they said, we've got this deep dish apple cobbler that's fresh, homemade every day. And, and Pastor heard, he said, well, give us one of those cobblers then. Let me make that. <laughs> And he tries to limit his sweets and say, Elijah, he eats really healthy. And his other friend, he's pretty much vegetarian. So I said, well, I'll split it with pasta. And then they set this big old hot cobbler on the table. And see, Elijah, he got him a dish and filled it up. And <laughs> the vegetarian, he said, scoop me out some of that. <laughs> and pastor got his sauce. And before we know it, we will all had devoured that good old apple cobbler and who you're around it just influences you <laughs> and even the other guy that was with us and just the conversation and hearing different just from that short trip he ended up changing his mouthwash he changed his toothpaste he changed his pillow he changed his juice that he was drinking all of these just casual things that we were mentioning that cause change that if you didn't realize it you wouldn't even realize these small things but imagine people you spend time with every week or every month that there are little things that are changing in your life and in your mindset in the way that you talk to yourself even that you don't even realize because in every situation you know there's always a pessimistic or an optimistic way of looking at it and a lot of times how you look at it is based upon the thoughts or the words that come. So if somebody says something negative about it, it'll turn it negative. If they say something positive about it, it'll turn it positive. So even in the shift of negative and positive, it'll make a difference in who you are around. So we thank Pastor just for this message and just making us to stop and think. So with heads bowed at this time, and even... Your salvation is a decision, a decision on following Jesus versus following the world. And pastor, has, he's asked you to stop and think about you, the three people that are closest to you. And I want you to just take a physical representative action today. So our altar call today, when you thought about those people, if you knew that you needed to cut at least one of them off. I want you to just come to the altar right now. And you're going to just make a, this is a private matter. You're going to do your own private commitment to follow through on the leading of the Lord today. Because it's not easy a lot of time to cut all those we become comfortable with. 
But this message was for someone here under the sound of my voice. And you know that even though they may be your buddy, you know that your life, your future would go to a better place with that person, not in your close companions. And even the word decision or to decide, the Latin root of it, it literally means to cut off. So to make a decision on something, you have to cut off all of the other options. So if you want to go where God has called you to go, you've got to cut off those that he's leading you to cut off. So if you know you need to cut somebody off from your life today as a companion, just come to the altar right now. And this is not going to be something you'll need to declare out verbally, but it's going to be a private prayer. We're going to wait because I know there's somebody. God has sent the word today and shown the vision. You might be struggling with it right now. But you're not going to be able to go to the place, to the destiny God has called you until you surround yourself with those that he wants you to surround yourself with. You've got to make a decision today. Some people you may have grown up with them. Some people may be a blood relative and you just need to distance and you know it. You know the influence is not good. God is moving on your heart. Just come and He'll help you to release them. He'll replace that space in your heart. Amen. When we thank God for the warning. Companionship. As you publicly acknowledge this, there is a power in an ordination that helps you to do what you need to do. There are at least three. Two, so we got one more. And you know there's somebody that you've been hanging around, somebody that you talk to on the regular that you need to release. Amen, amen. Thank you for your obedience. Thank you for your obedience. Amen. So I'm just going to ask you to say your own personal prayer and just visualize this person and just visualize a rope between you and them and you're taking some scissors and cutting the tie and let's say I release you in Jesus name as you visualize say I release you in Jesus one of the things that I did notice as people came forward were tears and the tears represent a couple of different directions. First of all, when you are with someone and you know you should not be, there is an agony, there is a sorrow that comes with that. And even when you've been with someone for a long time, there is a pain and a trauma of separation, even from that which is not good for you. It's called withdrawal. And that is why it helps when you come forward. And God is able to infuse here at the altar an additional strength to help you overcome withdrawal. Because when you've been with something or someone so long, withdrawal is painful. And it often will cause tears and tribulation, but it is necessary for growth. 
Amen. Just stretch your hands toward these and let's say a corporate prayer over them. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the four that have taken a step, oh Lord, to make a decision today to obey your word, oh Lord, and to remove those from their lives that they know are not positive for their future, oh Lord. I thank you for their courage and their bravery, oh Lord, this day, oh Lord. I pray, oh Lord, that you'll repair, oh Father, by your spirit, the wound that'll be caused by the ripping away, oh Father. And we pray, O oh Lord, that you'll give them wisdom, O oh Lord, on how to do it, O oh Father, in the best way, O oh Father. I pray, Lord, that you'll give them the words, O oh Lord, that you'll give them the timing, O oh Lord, that you'll give them the temperament, O oh Father. And I pray, Lord, that you'll just be with them as they complete the act, O oh Lord, that even when thoughts would come to go back on this commitment, O oh Lord, I pray that you'll let them follow it through to the finish line, O oh Lord. And I pray, Father, that even as they remove those that need to be removed, that you'll replace them, O oh Father, with those that'll benefit their lives, those that'll grow them, O oh Lord, those that'll teach them, O oh Father, those that'll increase their faith, O oh Lord. We thank you, Lord, for being a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, O oh Lord. I pray that you'll draw nigh to them, O oh Lord, even in a greater manner, O oh Father, as they remove those that need to be removed, O oh Father. And Lord, I just even pray against soul ties, O oh Father, that were formed, oh Father, even in relationships, that even if they're not physically with a person, but thoughts and feelings and emotions are still there, oh Father. I pray, oh Lord, that even in the spirit that you'll cut, oh Father, past relationships, oh Lord, that need to be removed, oh Lord. We just cut soul ties, oh Lord. I pray and cut ties to those that may have done them harm, oh Lord, whether they were molestations or abuse, oh Lord. But they're still tied in of thoughts, O oh Lord, of guilt and shame, O oh Father. We pray, O oh Father, that you'll just cut all connection, O oh Father. That you'll cleanse their minds, O oh Father. That you'll heal, O oh Father. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for doing a work that only you can do, O oh Father. Thank you, Lord. We thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for just sending your word today, O oh Father. We thank you for giving Pastor the flow, O oh Lord, to be able to say everything that you wanted him to say, O oh Lord, even without notes today, O oh Lord. We thank you for doing a redemptive work in every heart, O oh Father, that needed to remove people, O oh Lord. And I pray that you'll go with them, O oh Father, that you'll help them with this difficult process, O oh Lord. We just thank you, Lord, for being that companion to us, O oh Lord, that even if loneliness is felt when these companions are cut off, we thank you for filling the hole and the gap, O oh Father, with your presence, O oh Lord, with your friendship, O oh Father. We thank you, Lord, for your spirit, for sending the comforter unto us, O oh Lord. We thank you, Lord, for loving us. We thank you, Lord, for guiding us. We thank you for just quickening us in times, letting us know what we need to do, O oh Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was part one of the series titled, Slipping into Darkness When We Deviate from God's Plan, Into the World's Plan, subtitled, Relationships, Coach versus Companion, by Nate Daniel Bronner. This message is number 5993, that's 5993. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 5993 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com.
If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to BrothersOfTheWord.com often because, brother, you need the Word. Oh, brothers of the Word.